Final thoughts on the Buccaneers' win over the Minnesota Vikings in Week 14 of the 2020 NFL season. Playoff scenarios all coming up here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Buccaneers fans, back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. I am your host for today's episode, David Harrison. My normal co-host, James Yarko, is off for today's episode. Find him on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks. Find myself at DHarrison82. Find everything we're writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. If you're, if you're a return listener, we love you guys as always. You already know that. And you already know that we also accept voicemails into this show. For you new guys and gals out there who want your takes about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heard on the air, just give us a call at 813-444-5841. You're going to hear James's voice prompt you for a voicemail. Drop that voicemail into the box, and we will get to as many as we can. In fact, you know what? We've got one more that we're going to go ahead and kick off today's episode with. So let's listen into that one. Hi, James. This is Kevin from Orlando calling. I just got done uh, listening to Tuesday's uh, episode. and I know you also said that um, David will be back for Wednesday, so I'm not really quite sure you'll get a chance to respond to me. But uh, anyway, I um, so, so yeah, I just listened to um, today's episode. And I, I, have to, I have to tell you, though, um, there are many Bucks fans that – have looked at the week nine loss um, to the Saints, 38-3, to and that, I think, um, made them think pretty negatively of the team. And, of course, yeah, one game does not mean that the team is bad, but I know that a lot have had a very sour taste in their mouth ever since that particular loss. And I know that you said um, in today's episode that uh, – you, the Bucks were always in all these games, but I'm quite sure that you or most people were pretty much turning the channel after halftime with that game, or at least after the third quarter. Um, this is one game where everything just went wrong, and a lot of people keep referring to this game and say, see, see, the Bucks are terrible. They look at this one game, and of course, that's not how it should be. The Bucks have been pretty decent so before then, after then. They're beating up on easy teams. You know, they put up a good game against the Chiefs, even though they lost that one, and they won a game they should have against the Vikings. But the existence of this game really does not uh, help matters. And I just wanted to give you a call just to give you an idea about what some skeptical Bucks fans are thinking. Um, it's all because of this Week 9 loss to the Saints. Anyway, I look forward to hearing your next episode. All right, Kevin, good to hear from you as always. Of course, yeah, James isn't here, so he can't respond directly. I listened to his solo episode on Tuesday as well myself. And guys, if you haven't heard James' episode on Tuesday, go ahead and listen back to that. I'm off on Mondays, which is when our Tuesday episode gets recorded. 
So James goes solo on that and answers a lot of voicemails. And something that he talked about was that this Buccaneers team really has been in. Uh, and I do believe that James had all of the games this season. And yeah, and Kevin, look, you're correct. And if James were here, he would he would he would acknowledge as well that you are absolutely correct that in week nine against the New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers never were, never were gonna be. And even with an extra quarter of play, we're not gonna get back into that game against New Orleans Saints. Uh, I can tell you, I can confirm to you that neither James or I turned off that game in the first, second, third, fourth quarter until it was over. We did not turn off that game. Of course, we get paid not to turn off that game, so that helps a little bit. But yeah, listen, about as, as far as the skepticism surrounding the, the Buccaneers, especially from the Bucs fan base, um, I get it. I completely understand it. And, and on a previous episode, I think it was a couple weeks ago, uh, I actually kind of mentioned how I was having a private conversation on Twitter from one of our listeners and a Buccaneers fan who was talking about how you know, the, the team is just underperforming, how it's unacceptable and, and so on and so forth. And I mentioned that when you're a Buccaneers fan, you're so used to having your heart broken. You're so used to hearing how talented a roster is or how much potential a roster has or how hard they're trying this year and all that other stuff that you're, you're kind of conditioned. I think that when the team underperforms, you immediately go to a negative space because usually when these teams underperform, it means no playoffs. It means high draft picks. It means coaching changes. It means quarterback changes for the for the largest part of the franchise history, right? So I get why Buccaneers fans kind of immediately go to a dark place when they see a team underperforming. And this one might even be a little bit worse because you got the GOAT. You got Tom Brady in here. And and now what we all talked about last year, uh, myself included, locked on Bucks included, was that if the quarterback problems, if some of the turnovers, some of the bad decisions got cleaned up, that this team could really take off. And what we've seen is we've still seen some struggles. We've seen some miscommunications between guys like Mike Evans and Tom Brady that you wouldn't expect those guys to have the communication problem. The only thing I can say about it, guys, is for one, as far as the communication issues, look, we've all been in workplaces before, right? And you all have that one coworker that maybe they're a good person. Maybe they're a good worker. Maybe they're a good employee. But for whatever reason, you just don't click. And I'm not saying that Mike Evans and Tom Brady just don't click at all. But yeah, they're having some issues. They're having some issues getting on the same page, especially on some of these hot reads, some of these quick throws that Tom Brady needs to make. Mike Evans just isn't on the same page for whatever reason. We saw one against the Minnesota Vikings as well. Uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck actually kind of uh, described it pretty well themselves that Tom was looking to get the ball out quick. Mike, I think, was running from the slot up the seam, and he was looking at Mike Evans, but Mike never turned his head for the ball, so Tom had to go somewhere else or he swallowed. I can't remember what the end of that play was, but I do remember they were talking about how Tom was looking at Mike for a quick hit. Mike wasn't on the same page, didn't get ready for that quick hit. And, you know, whatever happened after that happened after that. But these are two guys that are going to continue to, they're going to continue to practice. They're going to continue to study. They're going to meet. And we just have to wait and see if they can get fully on board. In the meantime, at least you know that Tom Brady's got a connection with guys like Chris Godwin. He still is able to hit Scotty Miller. I mean, Scotty had five snaps and one of them was that 48 yard bomb that he and Tom connected on. They've had a great uh, connection really since since Jump Street. So I'm kind of hoping to see the Buccaneers get Scotty Miller a little bit more involved on the field a little bit more to really press those opposing secondaries. But then as far as like looking back to week nine, I, I totally get that. I, I really do. But I think that we have to not let that resonate with us as we talk about what's going on currently and in the future. All right. The Packers have an ugly loss too to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Um, the New Orleans Saints are just coming off of a bad loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. They only lost by three points. But it's the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a team where you're talking about that head coach may not even have a job next year. That starting quarterback may not even be a starting quarterback anymore. Jalen Hurts, the rookie, was getting his first start. And to some extent, having a rookie getting their first start is actually a little bit of an advantage. But if you're the true blue number one contender in the, in the NFC for a Super Bowl, 
you should be able to handle a rookie quarterback. Even when like Jalen Hurts, and I'm a huge fan of Jalen Hurts if you go back to our draft coverage. So I get where everybody's coming from, and I don't want to put words in James's mouth. So my last thoughts on that winning against the Vikings, guys, and I know a lot of people don't agree, but those of you who enjoy this show and come back regularly, I believe part of why you do so is because you know that we're going to give you the truth. We're going to give you what we honestly believe, not what we think is going to get you to come back or subscribe or leave us a rating, which by the way, if you have it, please subscribe, leave us a rating. We greatly appreciate it. But we're not going to come out here. We're not going to pander to anybody just to get those things, right? We're going to be genuine. We're going to tell you what we think. The Minnesota Vikings absolutely dominated the first 18 minutes of that game last Sunday. Absolutely. 100%. You're not going to get a peep out of me otherwise. But after that, after that first 18 minutes, the Buccaneers controlled that game. Doesn't mean the Vikings didn't do anything. Doesn't mean the Vikings even couldn't do anything, right? But the bottom line is, the Buccaneers outscore their opponent. Really, at the end of the day, that's the objective, is to outscore your opponent. And even if Dan Bailey makes some of those kicks, the Buccaneers still come out of this thing. You know, the what-if dimensions, you don't know anything that's ever going to happen, right? What if the Vikings have some points, and so they start running the ball more, the Bucs defense starts playing aggressively, starts creeping up a little bit more, Kirk Cousins tries to go deep. Okay, what if he does? Maybe he does. Maybe they get beat. Maybe he throws a pick six. It's Kirk Cousins. You know what I'm saying? So we can what if this thing, what if this thing to death. But what I can tell you is just from what we have on the field, if Dan Bailey makes those field goals, they don't go for two. So that's one point off the board, and then you add some of those points on the board, right? They got the two-point conversion anyway, so basically that's a push for the extra point. The, the Buccaneers still come out on top with all things being equal. Now, again, a made field goal here, a made field goal there, and the game has a different tone. It takes a different pay, uh, play, pace. The, the play calling changes, and it's a ripple effect that you can't possibly chase down. But what I would say is this. You just saw your Buccaneers team in the midst of a playoff hunt come out, struggle, but what they were able to do is stay within the game plan. That's new. They didn't abandon the run. They didn't push the panic button. They stayed within the game plan. They grinded it out. They got back in the game, then they took over the game, and then they shut down the game. And that's what you want, man. That's what you want, especially because playoff contender like the Minnesota Vikings. So, Kevin, we appreciate the phone call. Of course, that is going to be our final thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Minnesota Vikings. We're going to move into some Buccaneers news and some playoff scenarios, and we're going to do so thanks to sponsors like Built Bar. The new and improved relaunch Built Bar is even better and more delicious than its originator. They've still got 12 original flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, one of my favorites, but they've added six improved flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, which is one of my new favorites, cherry barcia, my mother-in-law's favorite, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are still covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, and right now you can actually buy the bars that they were giving away for free for a little while. The candy cane brownie bars are for sale at BillBar.com right now, so you can still go get your hands on those if you wanted to try those. These bars are great for anybody. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet, and right now you can get 20% off at BillBar.com on your next order or your first order if it's your first one by using the promo code LOCKED. Again, that's promo code LOCKED at BillBar.com for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Segment two here, Wednesday at the Locked on Bucks podcast, coming up after this. All right, guys, back now midweek here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. Come back tomorrow. I will be joined by the host of the illustrious Locked on Atlanta Falcons podcast, Aaron Freeman, good buddy, good friend of the show, will be here to help us preview the first of two matchups in the next three weeks between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. This one in A-Town, in Georgia, in the Dome. Thank goodness. Thanks to some Buccaneers news that came out today. We're going to start, guys, with the earliest news, I suppose, that came out on Tuesday, which was 
that Buccaneers linebacker Levante David has been named a finalist for the 2020 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. And according to the league, the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award is given to the player, quote, who best demonstrates the qualities of on-field sportsmanship, including fair fair play, respect for the game and opponents, and integrity in competition, end quote. And I think that speaks to Levante David to a T, right? I mean, that's Levante David we all know and love. Joining him as 2020 finalists are Calais Campbell from the Baltimore Ravens, Cameron Hayward from Pittsburgh Steelers, Justin Houston of the Indianapolis Colts, Matthew Slater of the New England Patriots, Teddy Bridgewater from the Carolina Panthers, Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles, and Kyle Juszczyk from the San Francisco 49ers. The winner gets $25,000 donated in their name to their charity of choice. I can't speak for Levante, but I'm assuming that his my cause, my cleats were dedicated to the big brothers, big sisters of Tampa Bay. So I'm assuming if he wins that 25 K probably going to go there too, or at least part of it. If he decides to split it up, I don't know how he's going to work that the art Rooney award, of course, named after art Rooney senior, the founding owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers created in 2014 honors his late memory. Previous owner, previous winners of this award include Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, Carolina Panthers, Luke Keekley and New Orleans saints own drew Brees. So that, of course, is a little bit of good news, but then it was followed up later in the day by a little bit of bad news as that fractured finger that Ronald Jones suffered against the Minnesota Vikings does need to have a pin in it. He did go under surgery to have that pin put in place. Right now, we don't have any hard data on whether or not, hard information on whether or not he's going to be playing this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. When Chris Godwin broke his finger and had to have pins placed, he did end up missing a game because of that procedure. However, from my understanding of things, Chris's finger a little bit worse. He had more pins put in place than Rojo did. So we'll kind of see how that impacts things, if at all, and, and we'll see what happens there. Of course, Leonard Fournette, a healthy strack, scratch this last week against the Minnesota Vikings. So if Rojo can't go, you, you expect that Leonard Fournette probably will be active, maybe back in that starting role. LeSean McCoy got a little bit of an increased usage. Keyshawn Vaughn, not really that much, but he did get on the field for the first time in a while. And if that wasn't bad enough, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Tuesday also had to place three specialists, three players on the reserve COVID-19 list, those guys being punter, Bradley Pinion, kicker Ryan Suckup, which really hurts, and long snapper Zach Triner. Of course, all of those guys are hurt, are going to be a, a bad loss for the Buccaneers. They don't want to lose any of them, of course, but if they do, Ryan Suckup is the guy that you figure to be the most impactful loss to this game as he represents points, right? And Ryan Suckup on a career pace for his, for his own career in made field goal attempts this year, over 92%. So he's been really consistent for a franchise that has not had consistency at the kicker position. Fortunately for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've been stashing third-year kicker Greg Joseph on their practice squad all year long for a situation just like this if it came up. Joseph previously had stops with the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns, has a career 85% made field goal percentage. He's made 17 of 20 career attempts. His longest coming from 51 yards, also made 25 of 29 extra points as well. Of course, you don't want to lose any of those guys, especially Ryan Sucker, but at least Greg Joseph has been with the team. He's He's been on the squad. He's been in the building. He's comfortable. He's been here for a little while, and they're playing indoors because they're in Atlanta. So at least if there's a situation where this is going to happen, of course, you don't ever want it to happen, but if it's going to happen, you can have it happen there. So that kind of wraps up an unusually busy day on Tuesday for Buccaneers news, especially this late in the season. But now we're going to kind of switch gears over to the playoff picture. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers by beating the Minnesota Vikings have a, have over a 90% chance of making it to the playoffs. However, there is still a scenario that they don't make it to the playoffs. And that really involves them not winning out or at least losing one of the last next three games. And then other teams kind of winning out and doing some good things for themselves. Things are a little bit less likely. Now, what's a little bit more likely is that the Buccaneers have a chance actually to take over the fifth spot right now playing in the sixth seed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would actually take on the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles, of course, losing to the Rams at home 
Earlier this season, they would get another crack at Jared Goff and his squad on the road in Los Angeles. The Buccaneers won in Los Angeles last season, so maybe some of that mojo could get flipped around while the Arizona Cardinals would move on to face the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks would move on to face the Washington football team at 6-7, and seven, leading the NFC East currently. And that's kind of the spot right there is that fifth seed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers behind the Seattle Seahawks by a win in the standings. I'm not sure right off the top of my head of what the tiebreaker standings are and all that, so I know it has to do with conference play and everything else. But when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got the Falcons twice, and then they've got the Detroit Lions in between there. So three winnable games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then you look at the Seattle Seahawks schedule themselves. They play in Washington this weekend against the football, the Washington football team there. Ron Rivera and his squad can help out the Buccaneers by getting a win at home against Seattle. And then they have, and then the Seattle Seahawks have those Los Angeles Rams that right now the Buccaneers would play in the playoffs if the season ended today, coming to Seattle to play against them. And then they're on the road, a divisional matchup to end the season for the Seahawks on the road in Arizona to play in the San Francisco 49ers. And you know, those games are always tightly contested. So, I mean, when you look at it paper to paper, the Buccaneers seem to have an easier road to the playoffs than the Seattle Seahawks do. And if the Seattle Seahawks stumble in these last three games, I know they just came off of a 40-3 to win over the New York Jets. That's New York Jets. The week before that, guys, five-point loss to the New York Giants. Week before that, six-point win against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, teams that you would expect them to kind of handle, they either lost to or won a close matchup, relatively close matchup to. So, Never say never type of thing. The Buccaneers could jockey for that number five seed, and a lot of people would like to see the Buccaneers face a team like the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles in the first round of those playoffs if they get into there and a matchup that you would basically expect them to win, I suppose, although all these teams have kind of proven to be dangerous, haven't they? On the other side of this conversation, we're going to get a little bit deeper into that. We're going to go pick by pick or game by game and pick by pick in the ESPN playoff simulator, see how that comes out coming up ahead of my crossover with Aaron Freeman on tomorrow's episode from the Locked On Falcons podcast. All of that coming up in segment three of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, back here now, Wednesday, segment three at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at DHarrison. Find me over at BucksNation.com. Cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That, of course, can be found on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And we're going to dive right into this ESPN playoff machine, as they call it. Week 14 is in the books. I already broke down the NFC side of things. Just for, for those who are curious, the, the Kansas City Chiefs currently hold the number one seed in the AFC. If the playoffs were to start this weekend, the wild card matchups would be the Miami Dolphins visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Buffalo Bills, and the Cleveland Browns at 9-4 and four visiting the 9-4 and four Tennessee Titans. Going to week 15, let's see if we can predict how this is going to go a little bit, guys. And you're going to forgive me here for all for those of you who are completely curious about the entire picture. I'm sticking to the NFC. All right, so we got the Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. You have to think the, pa- the Packers are going to come away with that one this weekend. The next game we have to look at the Detroit Lions at the Tennessee Titans. You have to think the Titans are going to go there. Niners against the Cowboys. I'm giving the tilt to the Niners, even though it's on the road in Dallas. Seattle against Washington. Listen, this is an, an interesting one. So I'm gonna, I want to come back to this one. I'm going to give it to Seattle. You know they're probably going to be favored, so we're going to give it to them right now, but we're going to come back to that one. Chicago at Minnesota. Hmm. I like Minnesota in that one, especially at home. Bucks against the Falcons. I feel like the Buccaneers and Falcons always kind of split, and I feel like this season has the potential to be a split. But I'm going to give this first game to the Buccaneers. Eagles and Cardinals. I'm going with Arizona and Kyler Murray. Jets at Los Angeles play, to play the Rams. I think the Rams got that one. Saints and Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. So the Saints are going to drop that one. Browns against the Giants. You got to give that to the Browns. And then that's all your NFC matchups. So after week 15, so if all that comes true, you've got the Green Bay Packers, number one, the Saints are two, Rams three, 
Washington football team is four. Seattle's five. Tampa is six. And the Arizona Cardinals are seven. So nothing changing there. Let's move on to week 16 again, our NFC matchups. Minnesota at New Orleans. I think Drew Brees is definitely back by then, if not earlier. So we're going to give that one to New Orleans. The Buccaneers in Detroit. Look, the Buccaneers went to Detroit last year. They beat them in Detroit last year. No reason they can't do it again this year, right? Niners and Cardinals. I'm going Cardinals. Giants and Ravens. You got to go Ravens. Bears at Jaguars. That could actually be closer than a lot of people want it to be. But I'll give it to the Bears. Falcons at Chiefs. You got Chiefs. Panthers at Washington football team. Hmm, That's another interesting one. I'm going to go Carolina. I'm going to give that one to Teddy B and his his crew there. Philly in Dallas. I'm going Philly. Los Angeles Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to give it to the Rams. Titans and Packers, you got the Packers winning at home. So after week 16, Green Bay is the one seed. Saints are two, Rams three, Washington football team four. The Buccaneers, if all of this comes to fruition, right? So the Seattle Seahawks can win next week or this week, lose to the Rams next week. As long as the Buccaneers pull off wins against Falcons and the Lions in these next two weeks, they will head into week 17 as the fifth seed projected to go on the road to face the Washington football team in the first round of the, in the NFL playoffs. Seattle would then go to Los Angeles while Arizona would travel to Nolens. Now let's get to week 17. Cowboys at Giants. I'm going to give the the advantage there to the Giants. Washington at Philly. I'm going Washington. Packers at Bears. You got to go A-Rod. Vikings and Lions. Vikings got that one. Saints and Panthers. We're going Saints. Falcons and Bucks. Look, so I I said earlier, right, I think this might be a a one-in-one split for the Falcons and Bucks. So if the Falcons win this one, let's see what happens there. Cardinals and Rams. I'm going to go Rams because they're at home. Seahawks at Niners. I'm still going to give that to the Seahawks. And if that happens, then the Seattle Seahawks leapfrog the Buccaneers back into that number five seed and the Buccaneers end up in the number six seed. So really you look at it, guys, you need a root against the Seattle Seahawks. If you want the Buccaneers to play in that fifth seed and you need the Buccaneers to win, let's see. I mean, even if the Seahawks go two and one in the final stretch and the Buccaneers win all three, the Buccaneers end up in there. If they win all three and the Seahawks drop one of those last three games, which they they could actually do. Of course, that does mean I'll just do it to confirm with everybody. If the Seahawks win, If they beat the Rams, they beat the Niners, and they beat the Washington football team, and the Buccaneers win everything. Seattle actually jumps to the number three seed. The Rams end up falling down to the five. So really, for the Buccaneers to to play the five seed, they need a win out. The Seattle Seahawks need to drop at least one of those games. Anything can happen, guys, in the NFL, in the playoffs, and that's why we go through these things. So a fun little exercise there. If you went through the simulator with me, or if you go through it at a later time, by all means, guys, take a screenshot. Send me your so your win-loss projections. Send me your seeding projections. We'll compare and contrast our notes and see what's going down, see what's happening in the NFL playoffs. Again, guys, I've been David Harrison, your host for today's episode, staff writer for BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation over at BucksNation.com, on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Find me on Twitter at DHarrison82. My normal co-host, James Yarko, is at JYarko underscore Bucks. Tomorrow, I've got Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, to do crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Podcast Network as we give our first deep preview of the upcoming matchup between NFC South Division rivals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons for the first time this year. Here we are all the way in mid-December. It's the first time these two foes are going to face off, so don't miss that comeback. Join me tomorrow. Until we speak again, as you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.